I had um, Ron's article that he had written some time ago, I think about three years ago, on worship. And if you have the bulletin, I'd love for you to read that. I'm using it as a balancing act for what I'm talking about this morning. We're talking about passionate worship to our God. And all week we were gone, so when we came back last night and I was deciding to put a PowerPoint up for the sermon this morning... You know, I was wondering what will epitomize what looks like as passionate worship. And so as I had that up there, my beloved bride said, you think that's going to be okay? You know, in the church, we have brethren that have preconceived ideas about a whole lot of things. One year I put a cross on the bulletin and one of the brethren thought I was falling into idolatrous worship. I don't blame him. But I said, you know, I was trying to get across the message. And so I put that in the bulletin. And I hope you're not offended by that picture. But I don't know what else that epitomizes what looks like great passion. Is it someone simply kneeling down in prayer? Quiet? They can be very passionate. But that doesn't convey the message to me. It conveys that that person's in prayer. When someone is indifferent... That doesn't put up a message that I'm trying to get across as passionate. I mean, if I had my way, from a worldly illustration, I'd have someone jumping five feet up, throwing that ball down on the ground after having a touchdown. That's what I would have as passionate. But we're talking about something much more solemn. Our God. Something... That I believe if we were to meditate enough upon our God and who He is and how great He is. How unworthy we are to actually stand before Him, let alone pray to Him. How would I come across? Brethren, it is my personal observation that after 22 years in the Lord. There's a whole lot of us with a lack of passion. I'm not saying that to hurt your feelings. I'm not saying it because there isn't passion. I believe we have brothers and sisters of Christ who are passionate about the Lord. Part of it is the culture that we are in the body of Christ. I can tell you right now that when we've had a black brother in Christ that was visiting with us, I don't know, the girls were very young then, but I remember when he came and worshipped with us and, and he had song leading. I mean, there was some soul in those songs that we sang when he led them because of that culture, with that passion. There are those in charismatic centers of worship, praising God. Today, they're clapping their hands. Some of the things that Ron was talking about in the article, many of them are there for entertainment. Hands down, for entertainment. I'll say this, there are some of those individuals, maybe a good number of them, that are there and passionately Albeit with error, passionately worshiping our God. And I'm going to tell you right now, straight up, I'm grateful for anyone that is passionate about God. And everyone who is. And I want us to be passionate about everything we do in service to our God. Everything. That when you talk to people about the the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are passionate about their souls. That when you're trying to edify your brother or your sister in Christ, that they are down. They're distressed. 
full of sorrow. With passion, you build them up. But right now, we're here at an hour that we call worship service. This is a time when we come together and we pray to our almost just amazing and holy God. And when we look at Him, today this world is remembering Him. Many people are putting on plays or theatrical plays and what have you, and skits and everything about the passion. Do you know that, that word, if you have your King James Bible or American Standard Bible, you read Acts chapter 1, read verses 1 through 3, and it talks about, in the old English use of the word, of Jesus' passion. It was about His suffering. That's where we get our word for passion. In fact, we also have another word, and we correlate that word with lusts, with cravings. Well, that's what I'm talking about this morning. But from a good standpoint. Not one that's full of sin. I'm talking about from the standpoint that His suffering on the cross and His resurrection from the grave, brother, that should cause us great joy every day. I, I said this to the brethren here about the time when I moved or just before I moved. Just imagine in your mind's eye an egomaniac. Thinks he's all that. Wrestles in college, so he thinks he's all that. Wears tank top shirt, high shorts, because thinks he's all that. And is humbled by the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. Humbled to such a point that he gives his life to the Lord like that. Oh boy, he's still got lots to work on. But he gives his life to the Lord. And with great zeal and passion, imagine this young man. College wrestler. Thinks he's all that. Skipping on a sidewalk. With 35 pounds books on his back. I was on fire for the Lord. Every person I could talk to about Jesus Christ, I did. And I knew nothing at all Except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I, that's, that's literally, I'm telling you straight up, that's all I knew. Passion was there. Brethren, that needs to always be with us. You know, when people come to worship the Lord with us, we don't have instruments. We don't have sound effects and we don't have all the lights changing colors. We don't have some preacher with tattoos. I don't have any tattoos. We don't have anything like that. Do you know what you can have when you worship your God? Brethren, every one of us in this room, whether you're visiting here or whether you're a member and you've been in the Lord for decades, you can have passion when worshiping God. Everyone can have that. That doesn't take talent. It takes heart. And so this morning we're talking about the kind of emotions that stir us up when we come to praise our God, when we come to petition Him for our needs. That we have that kind of a heart. I'm not advocating a shallow form of worship. That, that goes on enough. You know what I am advocating? A genuine worship service. We're not concerned about the fact that, you know, that if I were to sing a little louder than everyone else. And amen something a little louder than someone else beyond just my breath. I'm not going to be in fear that someone's going to say that's not decent and in order. There are enough brethren that do that for us. 
I'm talking about the fact that we have a genuine worship, a genuine heart moved to be with our Lord. We sing the song exalted almost once or twice a month in our supplemental book. Or just this morning as we sang, or Jonathan led us in, we will glorify him. How do you glorify him? I can only imagine the ways in which we would glorify him, but it's got to start with absolute reverence before him. And I have to say very clearly, I'm not the kind of person that says you have to have a coat and tie to come to worship. But I'm going to tell you right now, we are too laxed from clothing to attitude in our worship to the Lord. It comes across. There are those that come as a social gathering. Oh, and by the way, we're going to worship our God. And the assembly seems to be that way in many congregations who are professing Christianity. So that said, when we come together and when we have this attitude, it's, it's got to be one full of reverence. Some would say it's wrong to have fear for God. I only know of one word when I use that word phobia and you hear that word phobia. What do you think of? Do you think of respect when you hear the word? I have a phobia of heights. I have a respect for heights. Is that what comes across your mind? You look up the word. Get out your Greek dictionaries. Search it online. It's real easy to do. Phobia. It's a fear. We have a God that because of our sins... And none of us in this room can act righteous enough before our God. Every mouth will be shut if we were to stand before Him. Every one of us, because of our sins, we deserve nothing but His righteous wrath. That's who we stand before. He is so huge, we cannot even conceive Him with our physical minds. That's how great He is. We don't do enough justice. I don't care how poetic our words are, how eloquent our speech becomes. We cannot do justice. Brethren, our attitude should follow suit. We come to praise Him. We come to adore His name. We don't come just to fill up an hour and sing some songs. Our attitude needs to be this way. There are brothers and sisters in Christ. Those visit don't want to be here. Some of you may have been forced because, well, your parents said you're coming. It's quote-unquote Easter Sunday. But your mind isn't here. You have an attitude, a demeanor, that if we were to put a video camera on you right now, or at some point when we are praising our God in song, or at some point when a prayer is being given, that you would reflect the picture of indifference. That's not why we're here. You cannot say that you're faithful to God just because you showed up. You cannot say that you're worshiping God just because you showed up and moved your lips. It's got to come from the heart. That's why I appreciated what Kenny had to do. I didn't tell Kenny. I don't know if I was even talking to Kenny. How Kenny knew? I knew I talked to David just before service. He was the only person that, that I can remember talking to just before services began. You know, if we were to follow the schedule strictly... What Kenny did was wrong. He went out of line in that service and he had a special prayer. But I'm so glad he did for my sake. 
And I'm so glad that David took that time to say, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for him, for his family. I'm glad that we could actually, where you would not accuse me of apostasy if I did not have a sermon because of my emotions that I'm going through right now. I would really have appreciated that. See, sometimes we come across as indifferent. We come across as too casual. We don't have that passion when we come together to worship our God. That's what we need. We need genuine reverence. In Matthew chapter 15, remember when Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees? He says, in vain do they worship me. Why? Well, the passage goes on to say that, you know, they were teaching their traditions as if they were the commandments of God. But before that, when you look at verse 8, what was it? Their lips are near, but not their hearts. When you have the proper reverence for God, whether it's here at this building and in the midst of your brothers and sisters in Christ, in the midst of our visitors and what have you, are your lips near but your heart not? Because it happens. Your heart needs to be right where your lips are. Right here, praising your God. That's why you'll hear from time to time, someone cannot contain themselves, bless their hearts, they'll say, Amen. It's encouraging, you know, when someone's preaching to hear that. Not that you're looking for it at all. It's a natural outburst of agreement. Can you imagine... Michael Jordan hits the winning shot. <laughs> Can you imagine that? No guy would ever do that. He'd be kicked out of the house. It's not the way you celebrate passionately your team, if you will. When we come to worship our God and we sing songs that it could bring us to tears. Because the words mean something to us. It, it affects the heart. Songs that when we all get to heaven... What a joy. What a delight. And it reflects in the way we sing the song. That's what we're talking about. Where the heart and the lips, they're, they're all one. They're consistently together. It's not just going through the motions. And we're not just talking about being passionate. We are. It's reflected in the daily service before your God. Or how about just having Thanksgiving? Those are the very points that Ron was making in his article about our worship. It's the very one that Dan brought up this morning with a song that we just sang before the service. Thanksgiving. Do you come with Thanksgiving? Do you come with your heart absolutely grateful? The fact that you are breathing right now. Are you thankful? Are you thankful that you woke up and you were able to spat the hand of your little baby boy or girl because, well, they did something wrong and need, because they're alive to be learning what's right and what's wrong to eventually praise their God? Can you take joy in that? Can you be thankful to God that you have a child to discipline? Are you thankful? For the fact that you came here this morning, may have been late, may not have done all that you wanted to do, 
But thankful that you had the opportunity to even come together with other Christians and exalt His name. Do you have that mindset? I want to tell you right now, too many had this attitude. And this was brought out in the article as well. What, when I come to services, what do I get? No one encourages me. You know, the church there, wherever there is, or here, they don't, they don't have that passion that I look forward to when I worship God. I'm going to go somewhere else where there's more passion. Maybe you're the person to be here to light the fire of that passion. But we have this mindset of what's in it for me rather than it's not about me. You ever think about that? <laughs> it's not about us, right? It's not about, you know, am I leading at the table? Am I preaching the sermon? Am I doing this or that? It's about our worship to God. It's about Him. He's the one that receives all the glory, right? And so if it's all about Him, then when I come to Him, am I full of thanksgiving? Is it an absolute honor to be in His presence? Because I'll tell you right now, here's the flesh Mitch. Speechless. I cannot stand before my God. And then here's the other side of Mitch that says, you know what? Thanks be to God by His wonderful grace. Not only can I stand before Him, I can give Him thanks for being before Him. And have joy about it. That's the kind of thanksgiving I want us to have every moment. And I'm, when I say every moment, I'm not saying from the standpoint that there aren't stresses, there aren't trials that bring us grief. It's how we handle them. And there are a whole lot of people in this world that either don't handle it, don't deal with it, or go right through it and giving thanks to God. Just like James chapter 1, verse 2 says, that when we fall into various trials, what do we do? We consider it joy. The kind of joy that the flesh just cannot comprehend. That's what we do. So our attitude is that which is full of thanksgiving. And that's why I... I had this passage read for us, the 105th Psalm. I want to reread that Psalm that, that Brent had for us. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Talk of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. Evermore. You see, when it's written in English, I see exclamation points. And I see interjections. I see things that tell me that when I'm going to read this, I'm going to read it the way it was written. I'm going to read it the way it was intended by the psalmist who wrote it. With passion. You know, one thing I, I love when the boys are reading. Because... You know, in the first reading, all they're trying to get is the words, right? You're just happy if you can pronounce the word right. But at some point, we're like, I'm ready to fall asleep. <laughs> Son, sit, uh, read it like you mean it. Read it like it's supposed to be written. And then you see passion. And I'll tell you, with regard to Thanksgiving, I'll share this last night. After a, almost a week, we went on Tuesday to Georgia and we got back yesterday afternoon, beat tired from this week. 
absolutely worn out. So we call the Gilberts. We're not going to make it to Bible class. Just worn out. A few minutes later, phone call. Some that were going to go to the Bible study were going to come up to our house. So I'm, I'm having to wake up <laughs> instead of fall asleep. I'll tell you, it was the most encouraging thing. We end up having a good Bible study. Same thing on the same book. <laughs> Since we were with you all, we were still there at the house. But I'll tell you, this is what was so encouraging. And this is where I give thanks to God. Little Levi decides to be involved in our Bible study. Our six-year-old boy is listening to what we're having to say. And whenever we got to a particular um, thing that's being read on the screen, he's right there to read it out loud for everyone in the group. And then he gives us his wisdom. His six-year-old wisdom. Pretty encouraging stuff for your dad, right? Real proud. But the best was when the study was over. Daddy, tomorrow we're going to go to the Gilbert's house, right? Yes, we're going to go to the Gilbert's house. Gonna have lunch with yes, we're gonna have lunch with them. Are we gonna have a Bible study, Dad? I said, well, I I don't know, maybe we will. I hope we do. I don't know. I want to be there. And it's not just that he said it. It's that twinkle in Levi's eye, with that blonde hair, that real fair skin, and that huge smile. Thanksgiving. Brethren, when we come to worship our God, is that the kind of heart that we have? It's not about just going through the motions. And by the way, it's not in every single sermon that you have 40 scriptures up here. It's about our praising our God. And when we come and you hear a sermon, like next week's sermon, is going to be tons of Bible passages. Dealing with laws and opinions. But when we come together to worship Him, are we filled in spirit and in truth? John chapter 4, verse 23. Is that the kind of worship we have? Is it filled with love? You see, I think we've got this part down, the truth part. I think. I'm convinced. I believe we know that we come together and we have this sense of orderliness. That we come together so that it's not chaos. But you know, while we have the truth down, we sure could improve in the Spirit. I'm not advocating waving your hands, jumping up and down, twirling around. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that you wear your heart on your sleeve. Don't squash it. That when you praise God, let it come from your heart. That when you do so, it comes from your emotions. Like when you come up out of that watery grave, like we had a brother in Christ who just a few weeks ago had obeyed the gospel. He came up out of that water, tears flowing from him. Sobbing. He was so happy to be in the Lord's kingdom. This is the one I was talking about in our Bible class this morning, by the way, for those who are in here. You know, he could have simply got up out of that water and said, okay, I did the Lord's will. We could have sang that song, congratulated, gave him hugs, and moved on. There's something about that emotion that welled up within him. 
That's the way it is when we praise our God or should be when we praise our God in the spirit of reverence and thanksgiving. When we magnify his name with absolute awe and wonder, because if we try to spend some time at concerning just how great he is. It begins to well up within us. It really does. But we've got to spend that time. We have to stop, be quiet, think about how great he is, and then the truth is followed by that spirit. And I pray, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, that you will magnify His name that way. That when we sing a song that is of an invitation for someone, we sing to the person that we happen to know is among us, who is yet to call upon the name of our Lord. And with passion for their soul, not just singing words so that that's the invitation song, but with passion within our souls, sing to them, exhort them to come to the Lord, that we are teaching and admonishing one another, come to the Lord. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. Brethren, you stop. You challenge yourselves. Look in that mirror. Ask yourself. When you come in week after week, month after month, year after year, ask yourself, is that what you have? You know, it's one of those things you don't have to have talent, like I said. You can start being this way. And not to be afraid about that. It's scriptural, you know. To be passionate about the Lord. It's fully biblical. There's Bible authority for it. Have that. And you'll be pleasing to your God. Right now, while the world is remembering the passion of Christ, I want you to be passionate about Him. And about our God.